Hey there, welcome to Just a Voice. I am January, just a writer, a voice, sharing thoughts on various topics each week related to the mess and chaos of this life, all while keeping the faith. So last time I shared some research and practical ways gratitude can help reduce some of the symptoms of depression if added as a consistent daily practice and as an act of worship to God. And today, I am going to discuss some negative thoughts. And I'm speaking simply of complaining and grumbling. I'm not speaking about that kind. The kind that we may think of when we think of like a negative Nancy. I'm actually thinking of someone who is like battling the thoughts that are in their own heads. And the, th the kind that are often on repeat to themselves or about themselves. And these are the kinds that are often the ones that we repeat to them ourselves that are self-defeating. Um, they come from unresolved shame or guilt from our past. And they come from low self-esteem sometimes. And they are often a direct attack from our biggest enemy, Satan. Now, if you remember back in one of my earlier episodes, I spoke about this enemy. It's the one we often believe is each other, or even ourselves at times. But no, scripture has made us aware of who we are dealing with when we begin to doubt ourselves, and when we have self-defeating thoughts about our true worth and our purpose in God. And um, Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter six. He says, God is strong and he wants you to be strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more that you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you will be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. So this enemy, when we don't allow the truth to invade our hearts and minds, can attack us in a number of ways and make us believe a number of messy things about ourselves and even about others. And so I, I found this video that I did over a year ago at a time when I was actually having many of those self-defeating thoughts. Um, I spoke about my battle with them in this video. Now I was still a faithful Christian but I walked through my anxiety differently back then. And I let Satan beat me up a number of times, and, and even through those times. But I even looked differently. I had pink hair, I had dark, sad eyes. My pain was hidden. The thoughts I battle are often still the same, but they do not come as frequently. Because those words I spoke then, I daily speak them but I speak them of his ability to wrangle my wayward thoughts. I actually believe them. 
I search for them daily in his word, knowing that his word is my weapon against those same attacks that I was battling over a year ago. Now here's the original transcript and the video for those watching. Good morning. I pray that no matter what the weather looks like, wherever you are or whatever you have gone through this week, that you can take some time today to count the things that God may have blessed you with along the way this week. I'm doing an extra video today because, well, I feel someone needs to hear it, and I deal with this on the daily. Um, it's thoughts. I am going to talk about thoughts today. Our thoughts are powerful. Um, they can drive us to our lack of faith. They can drive us to have a lack of trust in God and even in people. And this is because many of our thoughts tend to take our focus away from God. It takes us um, away from the focus on all that is good, and it makes us focus on all the things that are wrong. Um, sometimes the things that aren't even there, um, it actually takes us away from the focus of the truth that God wants us to hear and the truth that we may already actually know. I'm certain that I'm not alone right now. Um, many of us are kind of isolated, and some days it may even seem like the only thing that we have are all the thoughts that are kind of swimming around in our head. And I know I'm not alone because I spend a lot of time talking to young kids, and many of them are anxious. And I, I talk to them, and the reason that I can is because none of that's about me, right? And so I, they have a problem, and I can suggest all the ways that they can handle it. And my problem is that I can suggest all those things and strategies to help, but when I need them, I don't use them. And what happens is I come unglued because when it's personal, we forget all the things we know. And, well, helpers, we don't always like to ask for help, nor do we always use the help that we so freely give. So this is personal for me today, and I need it, but it's also for anyone who, like me, can so easily give help to somebody else and so easily knows what to do and what to say to help somebody else, but then maybe has a hard time doing it themselves. Or maybe it's just for someone who just needs to hear these truths again today. So I've been reading a lot lately, and each time I read, what I like to do is I take I like to take something that I've read and actually apply it to life. It doesn't matter like if it's big or small, I, I try to take one thing and apply it and use it. And so I've been reading this book by Lisa Turkhurst. It's called Unglued, probably because I've been feeling a little unglued lately, so heck, why not? Um, and the chapter that really got to me was the one on thoughts. And it's probably because that is the chapter that needs to be life application right now. I knew this was the one section of the book that I needed to read and I needed to apply. Um, and the bad thing is, is most of the stuff written in, the, in that chapter was stuff I already knew. Like I already knew what God told me about how to handle my thoughts. It's right here in 2 Corinthians 10.5 when Paul tells us, he says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And other translations say we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. But I don't do what I know. <laughs> I don't do that. 
Instead, I do this. I do what is listed on the very first page of that chapter. I do this. I take those misguided thoughts and I let them easily turn into perceptions that then all too easily turn into dangerous realities. And realities based on runaway feelings rather than truth always lead to one thing, insecurity. And so that insecurity, oh, that's like an amusement park up inside this head. And those thoughts and those insecurities, they're having a lot of fun up there most days. See, there's this common phrase that, that I hear a lot. It's perception is reality. And I, I don't really like it. I don't think it's exactly right. Because really, it's our perception. And our perception is usually based on misguided emotions, misguided feelings, misguided thoughts. And then what happens is we turn those perceptions into our false realities. And then most of them sound like this. Well, I'm so stupid. I can't do anything right. Why did you just say that? I bet they think you're so annoying. Well, I guess it's going to be store-bought cookies again for that school party. I'm such a failure as a mom. You are unloved. You are invisible. No one cares about you. I mean, do any of those sound familiar? Because I could go on. Remember, amusement park. Having lots of fun. I got tons more up in there. I could give you more. So I do have some good news, though. None of those are true. And in this book, Lisa gives us three ways and three questions that we can ask ourselves before so that we can check ourselves before we wreck ourselves with our thoughts. And the first one is this. Did someone actually say this? Did they actually say this thing to us? And so this right here actually stuck with me. The one question or the one thing that she says right after she asked this question, did someone actually say this? She says, people aren't thinking about us nearly as much as we think they are. And I'm going to tell you the reason why that stuck with me. Um, someone actually said something similar to that when I was younger. So I was probably a preteen or a teenager. Um, and I can't remember what exactly was going on. I, I may have had like this zit or something. Or maybe a friend or a crush or something didn't speak to me that day. And, you know, I probably thought they were mad at me or they didn't want to be my friend or they didn't like me or thought I was ugly. You know, middle school drama. And, you know, we as adults tend to think that kind of stuff, too. And I was going on and on and on and on about whatever it was that I was thinking or thought someone thought of me or thought someone said about me. And you want to know what my mama said to me? She said this. January, not everyone is thinking or worrying about you. And of course, in my middle school brain, I'm thinking, say what? What do you mean? <laughs> like, okay, remember, teenager, the world revolved around me at that point. Of course, everybody was thinking about me. Of course, everybody was talking about me. So at that point in time, I just thought she was being mean. But now I get it. So when my mind goes to all those crazy things and those crazy thoughts and those things that I think everyone is thinking about me, I remember what my mama said. Everything is not about me. People got other issues. And they're probably not laughing at my zit. They probably didn't even see it because they're probably too busy looking at the phone. 
And if they're not looking at their phone, they're probably laughing about some dad joke in the lounge or some goodness knows what else. They're, they're probably not worried about my zit. And did they say something about my zit? Did I ask them if they were laughing at my zit? And did my friend not speak because maybe she just has something on her mind? Or maybe she just had somewhere to be? Did she say she was mad at me? So advice, if it was never said to you, and let me emphasize this, by that person, because other people will say a lot of things, but if it was never said to you by that person, then your thoughts are not true. So second, she asked, am I actively seeking truth? And I don't mean from people. I don't mean going and questioning every person about every thought that they may have about you. I mean actively seeking God's truth. Because the thoughts we tell ourselves, they're lies. And the truth, the truth is right here. The truth is right here. This is a story about us, okay? And if we're reading the truth about what God says about us and what he thinks about us, then when Satan comes at us with things like, you are not loved, we can snap back with him and say, oh, no, no, Satan, I most certainly am loved. I am loved with an everlasting love because Jeremiah 31.3 says I am. And then when he tells us things like, well, you're, you're unworthy, we can say, no, I am so worth it. I am so worth it that God sent his son to die for me. And John 3.16 tells me so. There is no lie the enemy can tell us that cannot be defeated by the word of God, by his truth. So use it. The last thing, the last thing, the last question that, that Lisa says that we ask ourselves is, are the things that are going on in our lives or the things that are going on around us, are they triggering or feeding my insecurities? And look, we all have things in our past. We all have things that have happened to us that we may or may not think that we've gotten over. And then what happens is things come and go in our lives and it can be hard to determine sometimes, and honestly, sometimes it's nerve-wracking because it comes out of nowhere. But things happen. There are circumstances or situations. Um, we may take on a project, or maybe there's even people or relationships, and they can bring up this shame that we thought that we hid or that we thought we buried. Or maybe there's a certain situation that breeds jealousy or it makes us feel inadequate or we start to compare ourselves to another person and we thought we had kicked all that, we had handled all that, but then all of a sudden it starts to come up again. And then every time that we encounter that situation or that person or we work on that project, we start to feel that we don't measure up and we start to think we're not good enough again. And so when that happens, we have to go back to number two. We have to remember whose we are. We are gods. And those thoughts that we don't measure up and we're not good enough and we still live in that past where that, of that shame, that's the devil. And that doesn't live up to God's truth. Those thoughts aren't who we are or whose we are. And if, that, and if it's bred by, from a person and not a situation, then we need to go number one. We need to ask, did they say those things? Are, are you taking something too personal? And if it can't be worked out, then, then maybe you need to give up that project, or maybe you need to give up that job, or, or maybe even get some hard, fast boundaries and with that person, 
that's breeding that insecurity so that doesn't insecurity doesn't continue to grow. And so to wrap up, I want to take you to the following verse in Philippians 4, where Paul gives us some advice on how we can conquer our anxious thoughts and our wayward thoughts and where they should go instead. Okay, and so verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So think about this. Are you stupid? Is that even true? Of course it's not. So cast it out. Is it good to keep telling yourself that you are annoying? Does that do anyone any good? No, it keeps you from meeting new people. So cast that one out too. And what about being unloved? Doesn't that, I don't think that sounds too lovely to hear. So stop repeating thoughts to yourself that you would never ever say to anyone else. And start telling yourself the true, good, right, and lovely that your God has already told you. I know I need to start today for myself. And I pray that you start today too. Now, I have a notebook that I keep in my mental health toolkit. And a mental health toolkit um, is something that I advocate for those who struggle with anxiety or depression or a number of mental health illnesses. And it's a mini crisis kit. It's filled with small things that you use to help you calm down when you become anxious or depressed or you're having a mental health crisis. Now mine has like small bottles of lavender. Um, it has a nice pen headphones to play music, it has a squishy ball, chapstick, um, and a notebook. It used to be in a closet, which was, um, which housed my war room, and my war room was a bunch of prayers that I would stick on my closet wall. Well, now my war room is anywhere that I may be, because I pray all over my house. And I also fashioned all my prayers that I had on my closet wall here in this notebook. And this notebook goes with me everywhere. And so inside, behind one of these tabs, it has the word truth. And the truth that I have listed here is first all the lies that Satan has said to me. And then the scriptures that tell me the truth. And I turn to these when I hear those lies creep in to be reminded that I am battling an enemy who wants me to believe that I am unworthy. Now I encourage you to list your own lies and then enlist the truths that the word reveals. Because remember, like Ephesians 6 says, God's word is your indispensable weapon against Satan's lies, against those thoughts that come in your head that Satan wants you to believe. God's word is truth. And if you want, you can download the version of mine that I've made available on my blog straightupmessytruth.com and begin your day with truth. Begin your day suited up and ready to take on the enemy before he can even attack. Now next week we will look at the practice of self-care. Some practical ways to care for your body and mind and reduce the symptoms of anxiety and depression just in time for the new year. Tune in next time for more on mental health, the church, and you here on Just a Voice.